I really love DeMar DeRozan. I keep talking about how he's so underrated. And I mentioned the Bulls struggling towards the end of the season, falling all the way down to sixth spot when they should have been top three or top four. I'm actually picking the Bulls to beat Milwaukee. DeMar DeRozan is so underrated. Welcome to episode 51 of Everything Sports with Emma and Evan. I'm your host, Emma McCarney. And I'm your co-host, Evan Garber. And we talk about the hottest topics in sports over the course of the past week. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the MLB and opening day, opening week, and Rod Guerrero Jr.'s hot start, Freedie Freeman's games with the Dodgers, and many more MLB news to get to. And then obviously the NBA playoffs start tomorrow. So that's obviously going to be a topic. But before we start, make sure to follow our Twitter because we've been really active on there. So make sure to go follow that account. And remember we post at the start of the week on Monday and at the end of the week on Friday. And without further ado, MLB news. Evan, how do you think the opening week of MLB is going, especially after the 90-something day lockout? Yeah, the opening week has been really, really fun. Uh, We haven't seen a whole lot of surprises, I would say, so far. But nonetheless, it's still a very, very good start to the season. Uh, Obviously, I'm really happy because my Giants are doing well. Uh, They currently have one nothing right now against the Guardians, so... Hopefully they can get another win. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's been a very, very good start. And I just want to say right before we started recording, he's watching the game, but apparently Crawford hit a home run literally right before I press record on this episode. Let's go. Yeah, he's been struggling and, a little bit, but yeah. But I mean, I tweeted this like Guerrero got that three home run night or whatever and then struggled the next game. It's early in the season. You have to understand teams have played six, seven games and it's a 162 game season. Obviously, it's the first week. MLB MLB fans are understandably excited for their team and whatnot, but Guerrero, I mean, I don't watch much baseball, but Dude's been balling, bro. He's been going off with yeah, that three yeah. home run game. I think he's been the best player in the MLB so far, just in this first week. Just in this first week. Yeah, I mean, so, definitely, undoubtedly, he is the best player right now. Uh, Shohei has been struggling a little bit. It's tough to see. Uh, his ERA. And his batting average are not where they usually are. Uh, right now, he's hitting like one, like one third or something like that, which is not nothing like we used to see him. But it's fine. Everyone struggles at some point in the season. It feels like, even in the recent years, 
some of the championship te- teams have struggled in the first month or two of the season. Like the Nationals, they had like a 0.1% chance to win. And the Braves last year, they weren't the greatest team uh, at the beginning of the season. So anything can happen in a long 162-game season. And I'm just really glad that we finally had baseball after the long walkout. And on the Atlanta Braves front, they had to rebuild their whole outfield on the trade deadline day, too. And they ended up winning the World Series. So credit to them. But as I mentioned, Freddie Freeman in a Dodgers uniform. I saw some highlights before we recorded. And I don't know when I'm going to use this seeing him. I don't know when I'm going to be used to seeing him as an L.A. Dodger and not an Atlanta Braves. I really thought he was going to retire as a Brave. They were going to give him his money. But if the lockout taught us, MLB fans, anything is the players don't play for the game. They play for the money. Because if they played for the money, I heard reports that the Braves were offering $10 million less or something like that. Just take the money, retire as a Brave. You're already an, an Atlanta legend, but I think it just shows that players care about the money and not the game. But Freddie Freeman with the Dodgers, the Dodgers have literally no excuse to, at the very least at this point, maybe NLCS. They really have to win the World Series, in my opinion, because they're by leaps and bounds the favorites right now. By leaps and bounds, in my opinion. Because you get Freddie Freeman, you keep Justin Turner, you still have Mookie Betts, you still have Cody Bellinger, you still have Trey Turner, you still have Clayton Kershaw, Walker Buehler. Like, this team just keeps getting more stacked, more stacked, and more stacked. So you have to at least make it to the World Series, win the World Series, because if you choke in the playoffs, then what a disappointment it has been because in a sport where there's not really any cap space and you can sign whoever you want, and when you have tons and tons and tons of amazing players and you don't win, that's just a massive failure. And it it just goes to show you, in a team sport, if you just sign the best guys and you have no chemistry, it's not going to work. Because in my opinion, the chemistry part of the team sport is more important than getting just star players and wrecking the competition. So what's your take? Yeah, the Dodgers are definitely a very, 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 very stacked team. But yeah, to your point, you, you need some sort of chemistry. Like, of course, in baseball, you think of it more of individual sport where the individual has to do their own part for the team to win. It's not like it's not like basketball where if one player is not doing well or like turn the ball over so many times you're gonna lose the game. Like baseball is a little bit different, but you still do need chemistry. I feel like uh, you have to know your role as a team. It's not just the you can't just have the best players uh, on the same team. They might not fit, fit well as a lineup, as a defense. There's a lot of factors that go into the game. So it's not just you have you can have an all-star lineup and you win automatically. There's so much that can go into it. Yeah, I mean, you just see, like, obviously the batter. But as you said, there's many more, like, 
facets to baseball that make it a team sport and I guess change that misconception really that baseball is not really a team sport because last time I checked there's how many players are on a field in a baseball game? Yeah, nine players. Per team, nine players. That's not one player. Yeah. Even well, now tennis, 10, I guess. doubles is a team sport. Like, if there's more than one player on the field, on the court, on the pitch, then it that classifies it as team sport. Baseball is a team sport. I don't care how many sack players you get. If you don't have the chemistry, then you're not going nowhere. That it's as simple as that. So, I mean, early standings: the Braves three and five, and in my opinion, that's expected. The Cubs four and two. Let's see if they can make a run. The Rod Dodgers, Rockies, and Giants are all four and two. Obviously, this is going to change drastically because last season, through 80-something games, A's were like the best team in the American League or something like that. And then they just absolutely plummeted, imploded, exploded. So, obviously, the standings will change. There's no way it doesn't. So, but it's still exciting, man. Especially after the lockout, there was one point where we thought it wouldn't be a full 162 game season. And then, I mean, Commissioner Manfred of MLB, no one likes him. And I don't want to rip on him because that's not what my podcast, that's not what our podcast is for. But he needs to find a way to connect to the players better, in my opinion, because Connect to the players and fans. And even in the NBA and NFL, these commissioners are just commissioners, but don't really connect with the players and fans, in my opinion. But like I said, there was one point during the lockout where it looked like there was no 162 game season. And then it happened. It's been exciting early on, man. So we'll see what happens over the course of the season. In the next couple of weeks, we will release. I want to say on a Monday, we will release an episode of MLB standings, predictions, and awards. So, the next couple of weeks, that episode will be released. And then, right now, our NBA playoff predictions. So, Evan, what do you think? of the NBA playoff teams before we start predicting. Yeah, there's so many good matchups. I feel I feel like literally anyone can win. Obviously, you have the Red Hot Suns, who are the favorites probably. But, like, you have the Nets at seven seed. How, like, how is that possible? The, the almighty Nets, who everyone thought was going to be the best team of all time, basically. They're the seven seed. So... That just shows you that literally anyone can win. Like, in the East, this has been the most balanced NBA has been in recent years, in my opinion. Because let's see, in the West, the clear favorites, Phoenix, Golden State, Memphis, right? But then when you look at the East, there's Miami, there's Philly, there's Milwaukee, there's Boston, there's Brooklyn, and 
Even Chicago. Chicago is underrated. I knew DeMar was so underrated. And even though Chicago is a sixth seed and brutally struggled, you got to remember, most of these teams fought through injuries, and they just got the worst end of it. So I think now that they're healthy, I think they could make a run in the playoffs. I'm not going to reel my predictions just yet, but I think they could make a run. But it just shows you how wide open they are. The conferences are right now. And, I mean, let's get it started. Phoenix versus either the Clippers or the Pelicans. I do believe if Paul George was healthy for the Clippers, I mean, the Clippers have fought hard all season just to be in this play-in position. So credit to them, but CJ's been balling. In my opinion, if Paul George returns, it's not gonna he's not gonna be able to return in game one or two, I feel like, because I read a report that he unfortunately tested positive for COVID and is symptomatic and isn't feeling too good. So hopefully he gets better soon, but I still think if he comes back, then that would pose more of a challenge to the Phoenix Suns than the Pelicans, but I Phoenix are going to sweep them, I feel like. I think this is going to be the only sweep in this year's NBA playoffs. What do you think? Yeah, that's exactly what I think. Uh, no matter who they play, the Suns are probably going to roll right over them. I mean, the Clippers and the Pelicans, they both have good players, obviously, but there's a reason why they're the eight and nine seeds, and they're no match to the Clippers – or the Suns, sorry, who were by far and away the best team. I mean, obviously, we've seen crazier things happen. Like, I think it was the We Believe Warriors as the eighth seed. So, we've seen crazier things happen, but this seems literally impossible. So, Dallas versus Utah. Luca is confirmed out for game one and probably out for game two. Who do you think? wins this series. Yeah, at first I was thinking that it might be the Mavericks, but with that news, I feel like there's no chance for the Mavericks now, and it will be the Jazz. Uh, I think it can still go six, though, if they can get Luka back for games three and four, for games three and later. Uh, Luka will steal a couple games, but the Jazz will come out and win it. Rolling with Dallas and six, to be honest, because even if he misses one or two games, I think they'll split in Dallas and then just go back and forth from there. But still rolling with Dallas because you have to understand Utah Jazz in so many games during the season, they jumped out to huge leads and then literally started sleeping during the games and these teams caught up and either almost beat them or beat them. Like, it happened against Golden State and then some other team after that. So, I love Donovan Mitchell as a player, but it's not – they get so lackadaisical when they have a huge lead. They get too comfortable and too complacent when they have the lead. So, I'm still rolling with Dallas in six. Golden State Warriors and the Denver Nuggets. 
It seems a series where some people are actually picking Denver to beat Golden State. But news came out that Curry is back for game one on a minute restriction. But I'd imagine it's like six, six and a half minutes per quarter. And honestly, I don't think that's going to be a problem because when you have Steph Curry for that long, he's going to draw so many eyes on defense. I'd say on my bracket, I picked them to win in six, but the Warriors will win in five or six. I don't think it's going to be a seven-game series. What do you think? Yeah, one thing that's interesting is that it will be the first time that Clay, Draymond, uh, and Curry have all played on the court, except for those like seven seconds or whatever it was when Clay. It was eleven minutes. Returned. Total of eleven minutes. Okay, man, okay, eleven minutes. They played so it's first like full game since uh, Clay's return. So it'll be definitely be interesting to see how they play together since they haven't played in put together in forever. Yeah, and but then I with the like... addition of Jordan Poole and other players different from yeah. obviously two years ago. Yeah, I don't I don't think that'll hurt him that much. Uh but even if it does hurt him a little bit, you have, yeah, like you said, you have guys like Jordan Poole, Kaminga, who will make up for that. And I think like you said, the Warriors are winning six. So Memphis, Minnesota, obviously the obvious pick is Memphis, but Here's another underrated guy that doesn't get enough love, Carl Anthony Towns. Man got 60 points and 32 points in a quarter. I don't care who you are, who you're playing, 32 points in a quarter is just insane, and 60 points in a game is just insane. And then you have Anthony Edwards, who's been balling, D'Angelo Russell, who's been balling, and then Patrick Beverly, a vocal leader. In these previous playoff runs that they go on, being eliminated in the first round, this vocal leader, I'm not comparing Patrick Beverly to Kevin Garnett, but this is a vocal leader that they've never had since Kevin Garnett. Just if you take the vocal leadership, the leadership in the locker room, I don't think they've had a player like that since Kevin Garnett. Just minus the skill, just include the leadership. They haven't had that leader in the locker room, even early in the season when Beverly was hurt. So I questioned the fit when Beverly was in Minnesota, but now he's actually been the perfect player for them. That's why I'm actually picking Minnesota to win in six. I know Memphis has been balling. I know John Morant is an MVP candidate, but they got eliminated by Utah in five games. And I just think that the experience, I don't know. I'm leaning towards Minnesota because even though they have Steven Adams, Carl Anthony Towns, I feel like, isn't going to foul out like he did last time, but he's going to be good. I really feel like him, Anthony Edwards, D'Lo, and Pat Bev. I'm going to somehow beat Memphis. This is going to be a series we're going to talk about for a while. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I personally have the Grizzlies winning it in six games. Uh, like you said, bo- both teams are really good. Uh, I do think that the Grizzlies are arguably unbeatable 
when they're on, like when when everyone's doing their playing their part, they're a very, very, very scary team. And same can be said for Minnesota. But I feel like it happens more often for the Grizzlies. And I think that's why they'll end up winning the series. Yep. So we'll just finish the West and then go to the East. This might be a longer episode, but it's fine. So I have Phoenix or Dallas. I think no matter if Phoenix plays Dallas or Utah, I think they win in six to advance to the conference finals. What do you think? That's what I think. I have Phoenix, Utah, and then Phoenix in six as well. Mm-hmm. I have Warriors, Minnesota. I think Warriors take care of business and win at five. No surprise there. What do you think? Yeah, so I have Warriors, Grizzlies. I think that's a tough matchup for the Warriors, uh, especially since there's so many question marks surrounding them. But I feel like the Warriors will win it in six. So then, Phoenix on the Golden State Warriors and. Obviously, we're Warriors fans, and I'm picking the Warriors to be Phoenix in seven. The regular season series was tied two to two, and obviously regular season is different from playoffs, but bias aside, the Warriors, minus their four-game losing streak skid and a slump here and there, you got a healthy Draymond, healthy Steph, healthy Clay, which we haven't had all season long. And then Jordan pulls ascension. Even Kevon Looney's been a great rebounder. Kuminga, Moody, like the list just goes on and on. Andre Iguodala is back. I didn't even mention Andrew Wiggins. My bad. I didn't even mention him. So I think they pull it off in seven games. What do you think? Uh, I personally have the Suns winning this, uh, either six or seven games. I just think there's been – too many issues for the Warriors this season for them to overcome it. Uh, they've been a little bit inconsistent this year, obviously with the injuries that plagued them, but I just think that inconsistency will roll on into the series and then they'll lose the series. Yeah, you know what? That's fair because honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the Suns beat the Warriors in six, seven games. But Now we go to the Eastern Conference, Miami versus any of the playing teams. As of now, Atlanta's down 6-15 to with 6.59 left in the first. So if this result stands, I really like Cleveland in the first round. I think they deserve it because I don't know if I've said it on this podcast yet, but they're a four or five seed if Garland, Mobley, and Jared Allen don't miss time, but Miami takes care of business and wins in five, for sure. Yeah, like like you said, I think Cleveland will definitely give them a run for their money. Uh, but I agree. I think it will be the Heat, and I, mean, I have them in six. All right, Philly, Toronto. There's so many question marks with James Harden because he has absolutely been. Atrocious in a Philly uniform. And then you got Joel Embiid, who's my MVP. I just don't understand as a big man to win the scoring title for the first time since Shaquille O'Neal did it. I don't know how that big man doesn't win MVP. I'm fine if Jokic wins, but Joel Embiid is my MVP. And obviously, Toronto's a red hot team, and Matisse Thibel can't play in Toronto. Bro, just get vaccinated. I said in my last episode, just get vaccinated. 
do it for yourself, do it for your team, do it for NBA fans, do it for Philly fans. But hey, I mean, I still think Philly wins in five, five or six games. Yeah, that's exactly what I think. Uh, I feel like James Harden, now that he's in the playoffs, I feel like he might turn up a little bit more. Uh, and then obviously Embiid will be a monster and there'll be no match for or, yeah, there'll be no match for the Raptors. Yeah. Or other way around. Yeah. James Harden has sucked in the playoffs. Like I'm pretty sure he has the most turnovers in a game. His team, like I said last week, Chris Paul was out. Everyone's like they would have beat the Warriors if he was in. But don't forget the following year, Kevin Durant was out. They could have beat the Warriors, and they didn't. But anyways, you can't predict a team missing 27 threes in a row. So would Chris Paul have really made a difference? Really? Like, I don't know. Like, James Harden, honestly, as a Warriors fan, I don't like him as a player at all. But in Philly, I kind of like him now. He just needs... He just needs to play well and coexist with another star because I feel like every time we've heard him play with another star, there's issues with him and Chris Paul, him and Westbrook that one season. And now I hope he can do well with Joel Embiid. It sounds like they're trying to figure it out, but I hope he does well with Joel Embiid. And Milwaukee and Chicago. I really love DeMar DeRozan. I keep talking about how he's so underrated. And I mentioned the Bulls struggling towards the end of the season, falling all the way down to six spot when they should have been top three or top four. I'm actually picking the Bulls to beat Milwaukee in six. DeMar DeRozan is so underrated, and he's putting the whole league, putting the whole sports world on notice in Chicago. And I think they pull it off and beat the defending champions, Milwaukee Bucks, in six games. Thanks. Yeah, I have the Bucks winning this. Uh, like you said, the Bulls are a very, very good team. Uh, if it wasn't for the injuries, they would be like a one, two, three seed maybe. But I think that the Bucks are just that good. Uh, obviously, they won the championship last year. They're so good. Giannis is Giannis on another level now. And I think that they'll beat them in five. Boston, Brooklyn, I mean, Brooklyn as a seven seed, that's scary because Kevin Durant in the playoffs is sensational. We already know what Kyrie Irving can do. Like, this is going to be an insane series, and I just realized Kyrie is playing in Boston, like literally right now. Obviously, there's history. This was honestly a huge toss-up, man. The Nets took care of business against Boston last year, but even though Robert Williams is not playing and he's pretty much the reason why they have the league's best defense. This was a huge toss up, which is why I'm saying the Celtics are just going to edge the nets in a seven game series. So I'm picking the Celtics in seven. Yeah, that's exactly what I think. Uh, I think the big factor here, like you said, is Robert Williams. Uh, if he somehow returns this series, then 
that'll help. That'll definitely help them uh, win this series. But even if he doesn't, I still think that the Celtics are that good. Obviously, like you said, they have one of, the, if not the best defense in the league. And then their offense, obviously Tatum, who's always turns it up in key moments. So I think that they're going to edge out the Nets. Wow. Okay. So apparently two days ago, Ward Woj reported that there's a very real possibility Robert Williams plays against the Nets. So that's big, even if he was out and still playing the Celtics seven. So Miami, Philly, Jimmy Butler against Joel Embiid. I'd say as much as Joel Embiid wants his ring, as much as James Harden wants his ring, because man, James Harden fails against the Warriors way too many times, they're not going to get it. Miami is going to win in six games. What do you think? I honestly have Philly. Uh, I just think that in the playoffs, Harden will step. Harden and uh, Embiid will step it up. The average will at like maybe 30 apiece each. And I think that that'll lead them over the heat in six games. All right. And then again, DeMar DeRozan is so underrated. The Chicago Bulls are so underrated. The Bulls are beating the Boston Celtics in seven games. I am not kidding. The Bulls are beating the Boston Celtics in seven games. And I will actually. After this episode is over, post my prediction of the NBA playoffs on Twitter so you can actually see that this is my bracket. This is my predictions for what the NBA playoffs will be. Bulls beat the Celtics in seven games. So what do you think? Yeah, so I have the Bucks and the Celtics in mind. And if Time Lord comes back, which looks like he will now. That'll be very important for the Celtics because someone needs to stop Giannis, obviously. And I think they do edge out the Bucks in the seven-game series. Okay. So, all right. So, you might think I have Miami and Chicago. And, again, the Bulls are very underrated. The Rose is very underrated. So, Miami's going to edge them out in a seven-game series. And I think it's unfair to say that the Bucks are going to sweep the Bulls. So many people have been saying that. It's unfair to say when you see how DeMar DeRozan and the Bulls have performed. So it's unfair to say a sweep in the first round. So Miami's going to edge out Chicago to go to the NBA Finals in seven games. What do you think? Yeah, I have the Sixers and the Celtics in mind. And – I just like the Celtics so much, and I think that they will move on to the NBA Finals. All right, so I have the Warriors, Miami Heat. So let's see. Home court advantage, the Warriors own the tiebreaker against Miami because they have the same records. Games one and two, five and seven will be in San Fran in the Chase Center. And then obviously three and four, six in South Beach. I think the Warriors will win in six. Steph will get his finals MVP. That's just my prediction. Again, it's unbiased. You mentioned that they'll have some problems with chemistry and all that. And I agree, but I think they'll overcome it because Jordan Poole has still been himself in the games he came off the bench. So 
I think the Warriors pull it off. Steph, Clay, and Draymond get their fourth ring, and Curry gets his first final MVP. What do you think based on your predictions? Yeah, so I had the Suns and the Celtics, and I think this will be a very, very good matchup. Both have very good defenses, but I think watching this and Jason Tatum will come up big. Uh, he'll they'll end up winning it in six games, and Tatum will be my Finals MVP. Hey, that would be an. I honestly love the Celtics winning and. I honestly want Chris Paul to get his ring too. So there's so many players who I want them to win a ring, but I don't know if it'll happen. So like I said, I really want them to win a ring. Like my Warriors, obviously, I want Chris Paul and D Book to win a ring. I want Jimmy Buckets to win a ring, DeMar to win a ring. Joel Embiid to win a ring, and obviously Tatum, Brown, Smart, those guys to win a ring. But obviously there can only be one team standing. So we'll see. These are just predictions. Let's see. My NFL predictions were tragically wrong, other than one game, which was the Raiders-Bengals, I believe. Other than that, I predicted it. But after that, it went downhill. March Madness, that was my worst bracket ever. So let's see. Let's see how my predictions fare out. Obviously, I'm not expecting all of them to be right. I'm just hoping for, like, I guess 50% or something. Like, We'll see. We'll definitely see because I think this is the most wide-open field we've had in recent history, in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, like I said earlier, literally anybody can win it. Like, even... Even uh, Cleveland can win it. Like Clippers can win it. Like, literally anybody can win it. And there's some guys, some some teams with players that are injuries that are injured. Sorry, and they could come back out of nowhere for all we know. So literally anybody can win it. Exactly. And I mean, with that, that ends episode fifty-one. Thank you guys for tuning in today, Friday, April 15, 2022. Make sure to tune in on Monday for episode 52 when the NBA playoffs get underway and listen to our reactions to that. Thanks for tuning in. See you Monday. Have a great weekend.